What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. I am back. As you guys know, Noah filled in, did a nice solo pod last week as I had plans, and he did a wonderful job. I can't believe it's been a week since we came or we last came to you guys. I'm sure everyone was wondering where was a recap of Western Illinois, and we decided, you know, it was that kind of game, a 30-7 to victory to get this five-game winning streak. Overall, the victory itself wasn't a whole lot to talk about, so we figured we would uh, merge it with the South Dakota preview. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, like I said, we're, we're going to merge it here because there's not a whole lot to talk about. A lot of Javon Williams in this game. It was a record-breaking game with we know the whole seven up thing we broke a guinness world record there in attendance and a really nice crowd you'll get the number here in a second uh on the homecoming it was a really really dominant homecoming victory what's going on yeah it was really from the right from the get-go a really dominating performance um really proud that this team could have came in and played a winless team and really just came out not ready to play and but they came out ready to play and they they put them on put it on them really quick like scoring 14 in the first quarter 14 nothing at the first quarter um but yeah it was the Javon Williams show um but Nick Baker had a really good game himself yeah we talked about record breaking with the seven up stuff but yeah Nick Baker had a record setting performance completion percentage record school record 25 of 28 as we cruise to this victory, he had some other records as well. We will dive into that game right off the bat, along with more where people stand in their records. There was a Monday presser, obviously, some takeaways Nick Hill had in the doghouse with Nick Baker. Commits past in upcoming games, and we'll say it now, Alan Middleton, one of our top wide receiver recruits, is committing tonight at 6.30, so we push this back a little bit to see if we can get it uh, get his commitment obviously on or live while we're on here talking. So we'll get to that as time goes on. NFL Salukis around the FCS. I'll have to talk about a couple other interviews with Saluki Radio, one with Dewey Green, which is interesting. We'll get to that and then a preview of uh, South Dakota at the end of this. So, yes, 30 to 7 victory over Western Illinois. And jumping right into it, Noah, because we always talk about what the injury report, the personnel report is to start the game. I remember last week, as I did tell you, Justin Strong would be my dog of the game, and he didn't even play because, Noah, as we know, a thumb injury could keep him out two to three weeks, uh, Nick Hill said, which is very unfortunate. But we'll get to, you know, obviously having Sean Lester is, you know, proving really important as a true freshman. He is coming in. He had a hurdle in this game. We tweeted that he's him, and we got a lot of likes on that. Sean's a stud. Nick mentioned him again, like Javon did last week on uh, – you know, somebody almost no one's talking about, but it's being really good. And he said he's playing like he's a uh, like he's not a freshman. We're getting to him. And then Nick also said that uh, Nick, Nick Hill said that Isaiah Hartship, he keeps getting asked about it. Did it on the Monday presser and did before this game. He's still out with a hamstring, but they're looking to get him get him in some games this season. And obviously they reported Cam Bowdry was back and Roe Ro Elliott was as well. And those two did play in this game, Noah. So. Instead of going through it like we always do a typical game, we mentioned how this was the Javon Williams game. Noah, your biggest – we'll just get in the takeaways, I think, because, you know, we got early. We were up 23 to nothing before they scored their first points. Get into your – because we had, did have some takeaways from this game. Actually, there was a kicking replacement. You can dive into that, Noah, and obviously 
maybe some things on these drives that stuck out. Like I said, Javon looked like he was on pace for 10 touchdowns to start the game. Let's dive into a little bit of what happened in this one. Major takeaways. Yeah, I mean, it started it started right away with um, the defense coming out and uh, getting a three and out real quick like, and it started with uh, got Avante going really quick and uh, with a little trick play, a double pass out to Javon and throwing it all the way across field for really get the offense going. It was like a, a 40-yard, a 37-yard gain deep right, so Javon all the way across the field to R- Ramir Elliott. Um, so trick play to start the game, get that offense going. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, seeing Romier, I think he led us in rushing, led us in receiving. Um, good seeing him back, um, coming back from that rib injury and be able to um, carry the load. You usually see Javon doing receiving and rushing, but this time it was Romier, which obviously the 37 helps him for five for 64 on the receiving, but um, it just shows you that Nick Baker's not turning the ball over and he's taking what is given. So Ramir or whoever's in the back coming out of the backfield is going to get some LaShawn Lester to have three for 12 in this game. So just taking what the defense has given us right now and teams are keying on the Cox twin. So a lot of other guys are going to be open. Um, so it was good to see Roe get back out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a kicking, kicking change in the middle of this game. Thomas Burks, um, got the chance to um, kick some extra points and field goals. Um, he always does kickoffs, which he still does. Um, but um, he was one for two on field goals. He made from 38, uh, but missed from 47 there in the third quarter. Um, did not miss an extra point. So, um, I mean, it, it is it, it is what it is kind of. I think Thomas probably deserved a chance, like Nick said in his Monday presser, um, that he's going to get the opportunity and hopefully um, he keeps that job. Um, it sucks seeing Jake, uh, the struggles he's having right here, here. But it has to be a change has to be made, I think, because at one point the kicking game is going to cost you a game. It hasn't yet, but down the road, if it's if it's say it's first round of the playoffs and we and it, we need a field goal if we have to take points we got to take points and we got to be able to make the kicks so um missed extra points can cost you or missed field goals because if we have a chance um if it's not a short yardage and fourth it's not short yardage on fourth down we can't go for it um and we're able to take points to get on top of a North Dakota state say here in a couple of weeks we got to be able to take that opportunity. Great point. Yeah, and it was that missed PAT that took Jake out of the game. It is unfortunate because, yeah, throughout the season, we didn't think his job was ever at risk, even though we had missed some. And you're right, we have talked about how uh, it hasn't cost us in a game to this point, which we've gotten lucky in that regard. We know, like we said, we missed one in Northwestern. That thankfully didn't cost us. And so, yeah, you can get away with it. And I think it was a good change, especially in a game like this. Because you're right, he did miss one. And if we recall, the wind was – I think the wind was going um, decently well in the stadium on Saturday as well. It was a hot day. We sat over in the sun, got there a little late. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it made sense. I think it did need to happen. So even though you take – you know, you 
you take the confidence out of Jake, even though uh, it is vital to do that because you don't want either either which way. You don't want him to keep missing and ruin his confidence, but you keep wanting him to attempt and get out of his funk. But, and then if you bench him, it's like, yeah, you, his confidence is gone. But, uh, yeah, like I said, with the win, it was tough for Thomas to hit that 47-yarder um, on the one side of the field. Uh, so I think that was the biggest takeaway because, like I said, we didn't really expect Jake to lose his job at any point this year. But, yeah, we made them punt five straight times to start the game. You said the defense. It's exactly what it was. By their fifth punt, though, we had already scored 20 points. At, and with that missed PAT, Javon had them all. And then we had made – Jake did make that one field goal to make it 23 nothing, And then they finally scored their only points of the game. Honestly, couldn't have – it was a long drive and one that had a lot of penalties on it, so you didn't think that it was going to be – or we felt like we should have kept them, you know, scoreless because no, we won by 23 and wasn't the spread before the game 22 or 22 and a half. Yeah, I think it ended up like 22 and a half. So, uh, barely, barely covered. Barely covered. Um, luckily, we can't bet on, I mean, I wish we could bet on our own teams in the state of Illinois, but we can't do that. Um, uh, but yeah, barely covered. Um, they should have been scoreless. Defense got lazy right there before the half, and they were able to get one on the board. And then we uh, – David Miller had an interception in this game. That was good. That turned them over, and then we scored in two plays after that for Javon's whatever touchdown. And then, no, we had – and everyone's been talking about this. It was Nick Hill. It was Nick Baker and in the doghouse, and I'm sure he's getting asked all around about the 10-minute drive that we had in the third quarter where – literally 10 minutes, 17 plays, 81 yards, some penalties, a lot of penalties actually. And we got to the point, Noah, and it, we we were one of the few teams in the country, I remember people saying that we didn't lose a fumble yet this year. We know we've fumbled at times. You know, Nick has fumbled at times, but we recovered him. And this was one, Noah, that goes uh, on Javon. They were near the goal line. What were they on the five-yard line, third and two? And it looks like Javon like fumbled in air as he was trying to like he fumbled it high, then they were able to get it, and then they went, and then they had turnover on downs, and we had a turnover on downs. We got a lot of people, and that's one of the takeaways from Nick's presser was he was asked about, you know, how nice the depth is with the people we were able to get in the in at the end of the game. Noah, dive into obviously that fumble play real fast, and then like I said, we did get to see a lot more people in, come into the game at the end in garbage time. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate Javon fumbling like that. He was going to have his fifth touchdown of the day. Um, that's not like him. Um, he's been always, uh, I only that I can think of in his career. Um, the only time I can think of a fumble by Javon was, uh, one at Indiana state on the road. I think we were there for that one. That's the only other one I can remember in Javon's career. So usually pretty good with the football. Unfortunate that, um, where we at on the field, um, on third and two, uh, about to get his fifth touchdown of the day. But, yeah, it was really good seeing um, us get guys, get some opportunities, get some reps, um, getting some guys on the O-line, um, getting some reps on the offensive line, um, getting Sam Buck, trying to get him back into the things, come off concussion, um, seeing Ethan, Ethan Tyler out there. Um, but on the defensive side, seeing C.J. Parsons, I know – Almost got a targeting penalty, but it wasn't even close. We finally got a replay on the big board of that. Um, it was clean there. But seeing other guys, uh, Ben Bogle, a true freshman out there on defense, Shane Roth playing linebacker, those two. Um, so 
then on the other side, um, what we thought we're gonna have Rochester versus Rochester, Clay Bruno doesn't get in the game till the second half. He looked a lot better than who they started over him in the first half. Um, not saying it'd been a close football game, but they might have scored once an, at least another touchdown if Clay Bruno played the whole game. It's a great point. That's what I was about to say when we when we dove into the box score quickly that he didn't start. It was odd because yeah, everyone was talking about how the the Rochester quarterbacks were going to go at it. That's not what we got at all until that. And he and he what he was good. And that's what was weird. I wonder what the decision making was that went into that because they're yeah, uh, Agala seven of nineteen sixty three with a touchdown and a pick, and Bruno six of sixteen eighty one. So he outdid him in yards, and he also led the team in rushing. No, we knew. Western was not a good rushing team going into this game. We'll get to it's crazy, you know, a stat that we are in rushing in school history. Uh, but he led them in rushing, which is crazy. They had 33 on the day. I think they had like nine at halftime or something. So he helped that. And then, you know, as we know, they have a really good receiver. And he gave some of our guys fits. We talked about how, you know, our pass defense hasn't been the best this year. We knew that he was good going into it. And you're right, C.J. Parsons got in the game. He got in the game, honestly, relatively early. And you're right, he was hitting hard. Didn't get the target, and then he had, <clears throat> then he had another <clears> – <throat> excuse me, and then he had another big hit. And then <clears throat> I don't think we saw uh, – D.J. Johnson was out of the game at one point, and then uh, – and we saw, you know, uh, we saw a lot of Mark Davis, saw a lot of uh, – we know Colin Hurd's hurt, which reminds me again, in this game, Noah, we uh, – Avante got hurt. It was a worthless, stupid play that, you know, I don't think they were definitely not on the same page. Nick tried to throw it deep along the sideline, nowhere near catching. It was kind of, like I said, a kind of worthless play, and Avante was down. They said he hurt his ankle, and no, we saw him on the sidelines. At one point, didn't have his jersey on, and then because you could see it over there, and it did look like, as you showed me, that it looked like he was on crutches, and Nick kind of alluded to that he was never on crutches or something and Noah and then Tyce Daniel made it which his first big catch or action in a couple of weeks we've been wondering about him made a big play in this game caught it got us in nice position fell on his shoulder holding it as he got off and I actually was able to eat at Harbaugh's cafe the next day I was over there with family and I saw Tyce he was still in his sling the next day Noah dive into again we, we dodged a bullet I think with Avante because he was down for a little bit and we saw him over there didn't know exactly what was hurt at the time. And then, like I said, we saw Tice uh, hurt his shoulder, and he was in a sling. So we probably won't see him for a little bit. Nick confirmed that. Uh, but no, we escaped, which we don't know if Tice is the rest of the year or rest of the year. We just know he's out tomorrow. Uh, but we dodged a couple bullets there, maybe definitely with Avante, because Tice hasn't really been that active lately. Yeah, I mean, Tice, his, his stats doesn't show it, but um... – He's been a really good run blocker in that run game, um, him and um, Jacob Garrett. Um, but, yeah, him him knowing that we know what he can do, um, the play he made when he got hurt, um, going down the seam, um, if we ever needed that, we're not going to have that for at least one game here. Hopefully he's back healthy next week, um, maybe hold him out till that North Dakota State game after that bye week. Um, to give him some more time, but um, sucks seeing him go because um, guys behind him and Jacob Garrett, not sure. We were high on Remington Lutz when we got the transfer. Haven't seen anything out of him, um, but uh, Aiden Quinn, I'd, I'd like to see more of him potentially. So 
but yeah, dodging the bullet with Avante, um, probably just on crutches on that sideline, take the weight off that foot until um, they could get some more, get some, get some ice or something after the game, get some treatment. So that's good, big time. He's a fighter. We know he is. He came back early, or I guess his his bone and his hand healed faster. Came back early from that injury. Um, we know he played through a little bit of a shoulder last year. Now he's going to fight through an ankle injury. Um, that's just who he is. So doesn't surprise me at all that he's ready to go this week. Yeah, Nick was asked about that in his presser about how tough Avante is, and he said no injury can keep him down for the most part. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, he missed the end of the season. Christian Watson didn't play for North Dakota State, as we know. It took Avante a lot to not play in that playoff game, I'm sure. He would have made a little bit of a difference, but we did get blown out. We only scored once. It was early, as we know. And then, yeah, we were so shocked week one when we found out he was playing. Obviously, it didn't matter in that game either. So, uh, yeah, dodged some bullets there. Hopefully, Ty's can get back next week. Yes, as you said, you're right. Tight end depth isn't great. That's why Jacob Garrett hasn't been as active in the passing game lately either and Tice is probably averaging 20 yards a catch this season at least I mean he's a big play machine so it's nice to have that along with his blocking so yeah, hopefully we can get him back soon so yeah Nick went as I said earlier 25 of 27 in this game no touchdowns was just an easy 230 yards yeah it was he set the single game record for completion percentage 89.3 percent and tied the school record for consecutive completions which was 15 he gave props to uh because they they pretty much said, obviously, you can't do that without your offensive line and without your receivers. And he always – him and the Cox brothers have gone way back, and they have this chemistry that, you know, he relies on them so much to get – and as you said earlier, he a lot of check downs taken with the defense has given him. That obviously can allude to getting that many consecutive like that. Um, so we, we mentioned guys that got it at the end of the game. Zabrowski came and made a, made a throw. You said earlier Javon made that throw. Yeah, it was in the air for a long time. Should have been picked, to be honest. But it connected, thankfully. Yeah, Rome, it was good to have Roe back fully again. 9 of 66 led the team. Sean, 12 of 50. Javon, 17 of 49. We talked about where he is in all-time ranks. We'll get to that because he's getting close. He's probably solid 50 yards away from getting up higher on the record. Nick got, Nick got sacked a lot in this game. He had a lot of negative – or has a negative yardage that drove it to 140. And then Roe Elliott was actually our biggest receiver. He did catch the one from Javon. And so he led us with 60. It was kind of just an easy day. There wasn't a whole lot. I think some of our other takeaways, know were the fact that had a lot of penalties and couldn't convert on down. Like I said, we had a downs late in the game. We were blowing them out. And we were wondering why Nick Baker was still in the game and stuff and didn't weren't able to finish drives. And I think it happened after that fumble. We were kind of just, you know, steadied. And we had a lead and our defense was coming through. But uh, obviously that was kind of one of the most disappointing things was, you know, knowing that, you had some people that almost got hurt. You don't want to go full go when you're when that's why you should have got other guys in the game. You don't want anybody else to get hurt, but you should have kept the pedal on the metal a little bit. But a lot of people did catch balls in this game. Dayton Mitchell did. No, there was a play with uh, uh, Zach Gibson, and it was a really questionable offensive pass interference that negated a touchdown for him. He was one of those that finally got in as as we've talked about kind of the lackluster season, but maybe just the opportunities haven't been there for him. Uh, I'm another takeaway. Like I said, it was it was tough to watch us not convert more points on the board. That was a bad takeaway. And then, like I said, that bad PI on Zach Gibson negated a touchdown for him. We feel bad for him on that. Yeah, it was it was a awful call. Nick Hill was fired up on the sideline. He was even asked on uh, 
the Monday presser about the, and you could tell he was still not very happy about the call. So, um, yeah, I mean the the opportunities really haven't been there for Zach. We know he started started the year without Bryce Miller um, being able to play, which we found out more about Bryce getting hurt in a uh, summer a summer practice, and that's why he missed. We didn't know what we knew. He got hurt and wasn't able to start the season. So um, with him back, the snaps for Zach Gibson aren't there. Um, but we could use him. I mean, the play he made Saturday that I got called for offensive pass interference, we had to do that. I, I mean, once or twice a game with him or Jathan Jones taking a shot down the sidelines with a big body guy like that, um, we could use down the stretch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, basically in the second half, offense just put the cruise control on and just wanted to basically bleed out the clock. And, yeah, I mean, Javon's fumble, we should have put another, at least another touchdown on the board. But, um, yeah, we probably could have scored a little bit more, but they just put the cruise control on. Yeah, and we're not totally against that. Like I said, it's kind of like a – you just didn't want anybody else to be get hurt. Like I said, it's glad to get those other guys in the game. Um, it just seemed kind of lackluster because, yeah, we could have put more on, made more of a statement, but you didn't need to. Like we were beating Western while they were down a little bit. So – Guess no more needed to be done. So, no, I'll get some quick quotes on here from this game that Nick had after the game, and then we'll get our dogs of the game. One seems pretty obvious on offense, but we might try to get some different ones. Nick said, I do like the mentality of our guys. When they get in that locker room after the game, it's not like they won the Super Bowl. It's a calm and excited demeanor. They like playing with each other and enjoy these things, but they don't get ahead of themselves. And then he said the defense played outstanding, really dominated their side of the ball. You just can't say enough about all levels of the defense. And he said that this game is the ultimate team game. Really, you play well because somebody else is doing their job. And then, yes. So, no, we talked about this. And I guess we were talking earlier about how well our defense is playing. And I guess go ahead and find this. We'll go ahead and find the stat now, Noah, that the defense, which is crazy because we've continued to talk about how how bad the rush defense has been for a long time. And it's honestly kind of crazy, Noah. Some of the players, after we were retweeting it, some of the players, uh, you know, on the defense, you know, gave props, and obviously they take a lot of pride in it, Noah. At top defenses against the run in school history. And granted, we're only seven games in compared to others that played a lot more. With some other games on here, obviously only had nine games a year compared to some of the double digits. Noah, we're only allowing 81 yards per game on the ground 80.7 this year the record before that was 1970 86.6 and it's led to our five and two record now it's kind of unreal knowing that the pieces we brought in on defense that have done their job and we've thought about it it's kind of the same outside we've added a lot of a lot of linebackers as we know george dune and uh chris harris they've done a wonderful job and even like antonio coming in stopping the run as a really good tackler that he is but the defensive line is kind of the same outside of Nick, Nick Okiki. You got uh, Cam, who, yeah, barely played at all last year, as we know. And then – so really backups that were last year are full go this year. No, leading the way in this dominance against the run. It's kind of unbelievable, like I said, from years past. That's what we talked about earlier, right, that it's kind of the same or it's kind of guys that didn't play last year leading the way. It's honestly incredible, a school record. They should take a lot of pride in this. And we'll be playing a lot of good rushing teams – Probably the, with the one tomorrow and definitely out the rest of the year. This is an incredible stat. Yeah, obviously, I mean, 
if you look at it, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, obviously, we haven't played played a lot of rushing teams. Um, a lot of teams have really attacked us, and our probably our biggest weakness through the air. Um, you saw when Incarnate Word to us and Lindsey Scott. Um, I think Simo's quarterback had like 45 attempts through the air. Um, Geno Hess didn't get a lot of action that game. Um, I think we did we did an okay job. I think Northwestern got some yards on the ground against us. Um, but yeah, teams are really trying to attack us through the air. Obviously, Missouri State tried, and uh, our run defense has done a really good job. I mean, I think. Going back to the Illinois State game, they tried right away um, in the first half to establish a run, and our defense wasn't allowing it. So um, they started throwing throwing the ball in the second half, and you saw they, they made a comeback. So really teams have started trying to attack us through that air. But our run defense, that front four, has done a really nice job. And like you said, those linebackers are cleaning up anything. Those linebackers, defensive backs, anything goes through, they're cleaning up pretty well. I'm pretty sure we said at the beginning of the year about our run defense and saying don't let them get to the second or third level, like maybe the second level, but we knew we had linebackers capable to stop it. It's honestly, it, it is incredible. Kudos to Keenan, to Cam, to Devin Love, to Hundemer, to all these guys, everyone on the edge, everyone to this point. And like we said, it's hopefully it continues to stay that way with four or five games left, knowing that the rushing teams, we got to play the rest of the way. <clears throat> and, um, it was just, yeah, it's just shocking. Like I said, I think DJ liked it, Branson liked it, so they take pride in it, and that's that's a huge thing. And they definitely showed out to this year, uh, way over expectations. So quickly, as we said, the all time or no, a quick dogs of the game for you in this game. Offensive with five touchdowns for the Javon, which that now puts him tied with Scott Everhart from ninety nine to two for seventh all time. That's in points, excuse me. 39 touchdowns. He's third all-time behind Archie Whitlock and Tom Kutsos, about 12 and 13 behind them. He could – we know his eligibility, all that stuff. Five touchdowns definitely helps. Now, who, your, who was your dogs of the game on both sides? Yeah, it's pretty easy. I mean, I think my pre-dog of the game was Nick Baker to outduel his former Rochester teammate. He had a really good game, but you got to go with Javon. Um, the touchdown, the the performance he had in passing, getting a hundred hundred all purpose yards with passing, receiving, and rushing, um, with those four touchdowns on the ground, pretty pretty good. I mean, you have to go with Javon offensively. Um, then defensively, um, a lot of guys involved in this one, um, being active. Um, we had some we had three sacks on the day. Um, that probably continues. We could break a record. Um, no, Mike Reese was talking about that last week. So, uh, but on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to stick with my pre-dog of the game. It was David Miller. He had a pick, so I'm going to go with David Miller. Yeah, you were you were spot on. I I picked DJ, and like I said, he was out of the game at points in the game, and then Justin didn't even play. So you need to pick him every week, because then it means I remember we we both been right so far this season on picking some. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree, Javon, and then I would have to say probably anybody – like because you're right, we did get some sacks and stuff. It's honestly hard to pick. I'd have to say David, too, because he did his job. Their best receiver, you know, did okay in this game, but David did a good job overall with him and then having the pick. So, 
I agree with those. And then quickly, Avante keeps climbing the records. They mentioned, they asked Nick on In the Dog House about how they got Avante the ball right away. And they, if they knew that he was, uh, that he had the record, tied the record, and they wanted, or they wanted him to break the record. And he said, no, they were just, you know, part of the play and part of whatever. So, yeah, he passed Cornell Craig consecutive games with a catch 39. It's incredible. He's not done yet either. He's sixth in touchdowns. He's tied with old boy Landon Lenore in touchdowns. He did in about 15 less games. You know, Landon had a long career. Um, and then he's fourth all-time in yards. He's only behind Michael Pruitt. We'll get to Michael. Had a nice day in the NFL this past week. And then he's also fourth behind Landon in reception. He's down 14. He's going to keep climbing those. Michael, Cor- uh, Cornell Craig, and Landon are seem to be the – Landon had a lot of years to prove it to be on these boards. We know how great he was. Cornell Craig's the GOAT, and you got Mike Cole, had an incredible career. So Avante's up there with some rare air. He's on his way to the Suzuki Hall of Fame as well, like how Nick Baker said that. You know about Joel Samberski when you come to the school, and it's like Nick Hill preaches on it, I'm sure. Um, and then uh, he asked about, you know, maybe passing him in records and having Mike say nice things about him if he ever enters the – or when he enters this Hall of Fame – and uh, took pride in that a lot. So a lot of good stuff. There are a lot of records for these current Salukis to keep breaking. Like I said, and Von- Avante's is just incredible as time goes on. So, yes, that was – that's our five-game winning streak after this one. Talked about a lot of them. So, Noah, quickly, any other uh, takeaways from the Monday presser that Nick was asked about that I think we've pretty much talked about it all. We mentioned the depth, which Nick Nick said, obviously, it's key to have depth in, in this. Uh, you can go ahead. If you have any short takeaways, uh, if you remember from Nick, I know it was f- four or five days ago. Uh, what do you remember about that? Anything else that stuck out? Yeah, there wasn't a lot, a lot of takeaways. Obviously, the injury updates um, were the key ones. Um, then there was a lot of some South Dakota, they asked some South Dakota questions um, about this upcoming week. And uh, um, he just said, we've been there before. Uh, we know what to expect. So um, they went there last year. So they know how this works, making a trip up to Vermilion. So um, not a lot of takeaways for that one. So um, weren't there, weren't there some uh, <clears throat> recruiting game visits? I had that on there as well. We can go through those at some point. Uh, there were a lot of those, weren't there? Uh, yeah, you can uh, – You can. there's a lot of those. Uh, there's some 2024 guys on campus um, that we retweeted. Guys like uh, – that was there were 2024 offensive lineman Brady Barrowman from Minoka. He's 6'6", 245. He took a visit. Um, some other 2023 guys, some local kids um, like uh, Bryce Smith, a running back from Carterville. Um, he's having a heck of a year over for Carterville, the undefeated Lions. Ethan Finke, a running back slash linebacker for Murphy Spurls, having a pretty good year. Um, then some 2023 guys, two guys from Eureka, Missouri, uh, Trenton Goff, a tight end slash linebacker. Um, was there along with his teammate, uh, Eli Kraft, a 2024 offensive lineman at 6'4", 265. Um, then there was one more, uh, Wyatt Bohm, a 6'4", uh, quarterback from Muhammad Seymour, a 2023 guy. 
Um, so uh, don't need another quarterback to this room, but be interesting to see if we add one in this class. Let's just quickly jump into our commits games, how they did last week, and uh, what they're looking forward this week. Um, just starting down in Florida with Caleb Wagner and the Baker Gators. Uh, they f- they fell last week uh, to five and three on the year uh, after winning a couple in a row. Lost thirty five nothing. Caleb uh, had seventeen carries only for thirty seven yards. So um, they I'm pretty sure that they run an option offense. So they do not. I think Caleb attempted to pass in this game. They don't throw the ball at all. So losing thirty five nothing. Then they're on the road this week. On a four and three Freeport team, so um, a road game down there for the Gators. Hopefully, can bounce back on track. I think um, this is one of their last games of the season. I think last week they wrap up their regular season down there in Florida for Caleb and his team. So hopefully, they bounce back this week. Um, they're going coming up from Florida into Georgia with our guy Amir Dwight and the Chris County Cougars. Um, who also fall back to 500, four and four, um, lost 30 to 20 to a Carver team. Um, Amir did have five tackles and one tackle for loss. Um, they have a home game tonight against a two and six Columbus team. So um, I believe it is senior night uh, for Crisp County. So um, best of luck to Amir on senior night. Um, moving over to Alabama. And our guy, Cameron White, who his team's starting to struggle here, lost two in a row now, back to four and four. Um, they lost 55-14 last week to Sparkman. Um, Cam did have four for 48 um, receiving. So um, they are on the road against a 7-2 and two Austin team tonight. So a tough road game for them to finish. Um, I think they have one more road game next week finish the year so hopefully they can bounce back after two and losing two in a row that's a tough road game against a really good Austin team so hopefully they can bounce back also down in Alabama our guys over at Prattville the Prattville Lions improved to six and two on the year one five in a row so they're got a winning streak going um, they got a home game tonight I believe it also is senior night for them um, they host a seven and one Auburn team, so um, not the Auburn Tigers, anybody. If you're thinking of that, but um, really good football team. So it's a really good matchup. Wish I could find a stream for that because I would tune into that. Um, but last week, in their fifth victory in a row against Lee uh, Lee High School, they won forty two eighteen. Tyus Cotry did have three tackles and two tackles for loss. Uh, Carmelo Smith didn't. I couldn't find any stats for him. Um, wasn't on the stat sheet. So, um, best of luck on senior night to those two guys. Um, coming up from the south, going over to Missouri. Our our newest commit um, over there in Lee Summit North in Amir Khan. Um, his team is eight and one, eight in a row for them. They won last week against. Uh, Lee's Summit West, 35 nothing. so a big win for them. Um, they have their last game of the year, senior night for Amir and his team against a 2-6 and six Park Hill team. So expect a big win to be nine in a row going into uh, district play next week uh, for the Broncos and Amir. Um, 
couldn't find any stats on the mirror from last week. He wasn't in the stat sheet. So um, staying in Missouri, our guy tight end commit Logan Minton, um, three in a row for the Lancers of Lafayette, six and two on the year. Um, they get a big win on the road against Rittenauer last week, 48-47. Um, Logan did have five catches for 64 yards um, this week. They host a five and three Lindbergh team, so going to be a good one there. Um, heading out to Kansas, um, where the Derby Panthers and our guy Miles Walsh have won, won, got a win last week. They're now five and two, um, 55 seven over Mays South, so a big win for them. They do also think it's senior night for him as well. Um, they host a three and four Newton team. Um, last week against Mays South, um, our guy, our linebacker commit. I'm really excited for this kid, Miles Wash, with 18 tackles and a forced fumble. Um, he is a Sheesh. tackle machine, so excited to get him here in Maroon. So best of luck to him on Senior Night. I believe it's the last game of the year for them. Before, uh, I think they do districts out there in Kansas. Um, over in Indiana, uh, and our guy. Aiden Durig. They continue to roll over there in Crown Point Bulldogs. Nine in a row, nine and zero in the year, seven and zero in conference. Um, they do play. Um, oh, they're off this week. It looks like, but they did win last week, thirty-eight to three over Michigan City. Um, but they are playing next week in the I I H S A A football state tournament against. Uh, Portage, who is two and seven, so they must be also doing districts over in Indiana. I'm not sure how they work it. Um, I'll look at a bracket so I can update you guys on Monday if I can find one. And then finishing um, up north in Illinois with our guy Blaine Halley, um, Olympia Spartans, uh, four and four in the year. They lost last week, um, 48-26. Uh, on the road at uh, Auburn, a tough loss for them. Uh, but they host on senior night um, a 0-8 Porta Ashland Chandlerville Central co-op team. So looking to get a big win for Olympia Spartans. Um, at 4-4, four and four, they're still um, looking to get playoff eligible. Um, if they win tonight, they will be playoff eligible. So uh, it's a big opportunity for them. Um, hopefully they can get it done for Blaine on senior night. Um, I think I did like one of their tweets earlier, if I can find it really quickly. Um, yeah, what they win tonight, the Spartans become playoff eligible for the first time since 2014 and only the sixth time in school history. So hopefully they can take care of business against a winless team like we did last week. So best of luck on senior night, Blaine. Um, best of luck to all our commits tonight. Um, it's a big weekend for them. A lot of them, a lot of them are senior night. So um, a lot of last home games, and we know what's like that. We had ours in basketball when we played. So big nights for them. So best of luck. Yeah, there's nothing like senior night. It's very important. And as we've said, it's crazy that the season's pretty much wrapping up or before a postseason play. Yeah, we did. Or you're right. Good luck to them. And that's what the team did. Two Miles, two Logan, and two Cameron. Wish them good luck in their games. And even Jackson Filer, like we've said, he's a recruit. Looking forward to that. 
We talked about Alan Middleton, about five minutes from where we're at right now. So Noah will break that as, as it gets here, have a feeling where he's going, but we'll get confirmation on that. So we'll just continue to go a little bit. Uh, good job on that again. Uh, quickly, NFL Saluki, as we know, uh, you know, they've been, we talked about Ryan and Michael, and it's good to see Michael healthy and, and on the active roster. And he caught a touchdown. He only had one target, only had one catch for the two yards right around the goal line. Caught a touchdown, Noah. Big day for him. Nice to see him healthy. And then Ryan Neal, just watching a little bit of his game just over time, seeing him on the field, having to deal with Kyler Murray, saw him having to almost look like Ryan got his ankles broke. That's just how Kyler Murray does that to everybody. It was hard to tackle him. But Noah, in that game, Ryan had seven tackles, one sack, and had one pass, pass defended. Great, another great game from Ryan. Getting a sack in there as well. He's showing out. It's that is he's one that we've known been on rosters for a couple years, and even he's dealing with his injuries. We've talked about a couple times. Great to see him know, but like I said, awesome to see Mike Cole healthy because he's a touchdown machine, as you know. When he was on your Titans, he was key in those, you know, in those goal line plays to get six. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, him. I just remember him catching touchdowns out of the Wildcat from Derrick Henry. Um, him be able to sell the block and be able to play a little quick, quick play action uh, from Tannehill to him. He was big touchdown machine for us. Really good run blocker. Um, unfortunate way season went down last year with the injury. Uh, then he ends up with his former tight end coach, uh, Arthur Smith, down there in Atlanta. Got a practice squad spot. Looks like, look, he's fully healthy, so uh, great to see him back. Then Ryan Neal doing what he does. Um, then we do know Jeremy Chin on looking like don't know. Haven't seen an update on him, but um, we do know his Panthers just traded their best player, so they're on take mode officially. Yeah, and I'm sure that's frustrating for Jeremy, knowing that he'll be out a couple more weeks and knowing that's the way his team's going. But he's the kind of guy that honestly wouldn't care. He's been on a, he he was on a a lot of bad college teams. I know it's the NFL but you're getting paid and you're kind of in that zone. A lot of people care about winning. And we know Jeremy does. They posted a video of him though. He was like, uh, whatever the word, he was like escorting Steve Wilkes, their interim coach onto the field. He was like a bodyguard. It looked like he looked fine as he was walking. We know kind of what his injury was dealing with, but uh, he'll be back in no time. It was, it was fun to see like, he's all over their Twitter account. They love him. So he's a building block on that team. You're right. They traded Christian McCaffrey yesterday. So they are in full tank mode. Yes. Uh, the Commanders and Lions made visits this week. I think those are the only group of ones. And I know before you break Alan Middleton's news, let's dive in quickly to some uh, – well, let's just start off with some rankings and then we'll get to some of the – or we'll get – go ahead. And like I said, stop yourself whenever you find out the news. What were some – besides our game last week, any other games that – I think we talked about how there weren't a whole lot that stuck out. What were some this past week that uh, – Maybe, you know, actually there was one, a big one. We'll get to it. We were keeping up with it during our game that, you know, adjusted the standings a little bit. Yeah, uh, just really quickly, um, Charles Charles Young just quoted Alan Middleton's uh, commit. Just letting He tweeted yesterday that we retweeted about what time. He, Charles Young did just quote that and said, stop playing with these people and come to the dog pound with the handshake emoji. So good to Ooh. see Charles out there recruiting. Uh, but, yeah, there was a big one last week. Uh, South Dakota State Jackrabbits go on the road to the Fargo Dome to play North Dakota State. Um, they get a 23-21 to victory. 
Um, not a lot of people happy um, in North Dakota State in that Fargo Dome area. I mean, Fargo, um, Cam Miller is just not getting the job done. Um, but South Dakota State gets it. They, they had a big lead in this game, though, right? They were – yeah. They South Dakota a, State came back, right? Yeah, it was 21-7 at halftime. And South Dakota State, which we've seen South North Dakota State fall off in the second half, 16 straight unanswered points by the Jackrabbits in that second half. North Dakota State does not score in the second half after being up 21-7 at halftime. Yeah, they pulled a Missouri State, and we were talking. It's like we wouldn't have been surprised if North Dakota State just came in and blew them out with all the talk that they've been, you know, not deemed who they were, you know, so far this season. But you're right, and they were they were beating them up. A lot of Luke, a lot of Cam Miller, a lot of Isaiah, or a lot of Cam Miller, and a lot of DJ Hart. But yeah, and then as soon as Isaiah got on the board and a couple other things, they just scored and went all the way out. And as we know, like we've said, we'll get to the standings, conference standings. And then go ahead with more games, and then we'll dive into the conference standings, and we'll get to the other standings. But that was an incredible game. Big comeback on the road for the Jackrabbits. Yeah, absolutely. And just just a, an effect after that game, uh, North Dakota State's leading receiver, Phoenix Sproles, there it is, uh, yeah. has, in, has entered the portal. I'm going to basically have his finest final season of eligibility elsewhere. So that's just a – I guess – after that game, he has enough. He doesn't think that Cam Miller's getting the job done, which they they love to run the ball. So um, hopefully, he can find a he'll be able to find a home somewhere. But other other places, other games in the valley, uh, entertaining game. We we're keeping up with it as well. Indiana State on the road at Youngstown, forty eight forty two. Youngstown holds on. Really exciting game. It's like the Thursday night football game. Points galore. I mean, the over-under was 48. Youngstown pushes it by themselves. So, young Indiana State only scored one point to hit the over in that one. Um, that was a crazy game. Yeah, you kept saying – people were talking about what the score was at the end of the first quarter, 21-14, to 14, no defense, and then halftime score was 35-28, and then that final score, yeah. A lot of Jaleel McLaughlin, he had a couple touchdowns, three actually – if my math is correct, yeah, that's a crazy game. And we know those are – and that's, I think, a good sign. And this Indiana State's – we know they almost beat the Bison. At home, granted, they're not a very good team. They almost, you know, put up 42 on Youngstown on the road in Ohio. So, that, I think that's a good sign for us to be able to score points there at the end of the year. Yeah. Quickly, yeah, you, you said you said North Dakota State's wide receiver. We talked about how some guys will just use the four-game eligibility and take it elsewhere. Obviously, he's played more games than that. It's crazy how a guy can leave a team – that's going to be a surefire playoff team and have a chance to win another championship. And he, and he, you know, cakes out on him. That is on That's unfortunate to see, but it can be good news for us, obviously when they come here and then bad news for them, maybe head in the playoffs, but they always find a way, like we said. So it's good news for us in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, McLaughlin did have uh, 32 carries for 200 yards in that game. So um, mm-hmm. a lot of going to have to see him about the end of the year. We know, we know what he did to us last year. Um, then the team we play this week, uh, South Dakota goes on the road at Illinois State. Uh, 12-10 win for the Redbirds. They get to 4-2, and kind of crazy um, to see where they're at. Um, a lot of people didn't think they were going to be very good, picked in the bottom part of the league. So 1-5 South Dakota, then a non-conference game. Northern Iowa 
played Utah Tech 41-14, so that's our opponent next week. Um, but around the FCS, really, I mean, there was a couple good games um, that I can think of. I know there was uh, just thinking of teams we played. I think Dayton improved to four and two. Uh, Moorhead played Davidson, 28-26 win for Davidson. I think Davidson will win uh, the Pioneer League. Um, Alon lost a tough one on the road to Rhode Island, uh, 17-10. Alon's a top 25 team. Um, some other ones, Sacred Heart beat Stonehill. Sacred Heart will be a playoff team. Uh, Chattanooga, Chattanooga keeps rolling, improved 5-1. and one. They got a big one this week. Um, but other than that, I think there was one other one. Uh, Montana State, they were down early, 37-14 win at Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado, tough place to play. But the other big one of the week, Idaho proved in 4-2, and two, knocks off Montana. Um, that shook up the the polls we can jump right into after that one. Yeah, I can't believe you and I allowed 14 points to a school like that. I would hope on, at home that we would never do that. Heck, I think Western would destroy that team, and we almost shut them out. Uh, and then I saw, like, Austin P blew out Murray, which we, we talk about Murray because they're winless and they'll be in the conference next year. Austin P I think, is in the top 25 now in some rankings. Uh, but, yeah, nice week. And let's dive into the conference standings now. Two alone at the top, that is us and the Jackrabbits. We forced more points than everybody but North Dakota so far in conference, 129 to our 121, uh, and we're allowing 59, which that's, you know, that's the second or the third least amount allowed in here. So we're 4-0. North Dakota State and North Dakota are 3-1. and North Dakota continues to win. We know their last loss was against us, and we handled them, but they get another big home game this week that we will get to. Illinois State 2-1. You and I two and two, the only two and two team. Youngstown one and two, and then four zero oh, and three teams. We know Missouri State is uh, came off a bye. Uh, we'll get to their game. They're on the road out of the bye. Indiana State lost all these teams. Four of them, four in a row. Missouri State's lost five in a row. Indiana State three in a row. Our opponent tomorrow, South Dakota, who's zero oh, and three, and then Western lost six in a row, zero oh, and six on the year. No, anything that sticks out there, and then you can dive into. Uh, we'll, and then we'll dive into some rankings. Yeah, nothing. I mean, obviously, seeing Missouri State at the bottom is crazy. Um, but just seeing the year they haven't been able to put games together, um, they've had good moments, good halves, good quarters. But other than that, it's um, – but right there in the middle, I mean, North Dakota's right there. Illinois State's proven to – Maybe our second half don't look so bad, even though it was pretty bad. But um, teams down at the bottom didn't expect Missouri State to be winless. But um, obviously, South Dakota's played a really tough schedule so far. Didn't think they'd be winless at this point either, being one and five on the year. Yeah, I would say we, we, and it is the SEC of the FCS, and it's kind of top heavy. Yeah, teams that either you didn't expect to have the record they are, but it's kind of just average from middle to bottom and a lot of shock. So that is what it is. That's where it stands. We'll get to some scores here in a second. But after this previous week, some rankings around. The first one we we saw was the triumvirate poll. They had us at 11, which is the highest so far. They're the one that had Austin P in the top 25. I'm sure others are off the top of my head, not sure. Sam Herta, we'll get to him. He has a, he has a blasphemy. Uh, part of his 4.0 bracketology, I'll let Noah dive into. And then 
but he had us at 16th, I think, still. FCS Nation Radio had us at 16. Jamie Williams of and the Stats Perform had us at 16. There's a lot of teams had us at 16, uh, but the real the coaches poll had us at 17, right ahead of SEMO. And it's understandable, Noah. We'll dive into or the fact that you know the uh, we beat Western, which is a winless team. We weren't going to move anywhere in the rankings. Your thoughts on all of them? And like I said, dive in after that to where Sam Herta has us overall in the bracketology. He really just doesn't like us. Yeah, obviously, uh, starting to put the work in and win some games to be able to creep back up those poles. So um, good to see. Um, still think Simo's still low on those, but um, they'll eventually, I mean, they're going to win the OVC, I think, with no problem. So, um, I mean, they don't get to play the other OVC member in UT Martin. Um, so it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a couple, there was another one, there was another bracketology that came out today that was pretty blasphemy as well. But Sam Harder still, um, he had one in his mailbag last week. What, why the hate for Southern Illinois? And he continues with it. I mean, for a team that's tied for second in, or for first in the Valley, to be one of the last four teams in, um, which is just crazy to me. Um, teams like Lawn and Delaware, Chattanooga, Idaho, and over us, which is just crazy. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it with this guy. Um, it's like we basically almost talked about it. it might It might be the end for us to stop, stop reading and listening to Hero Sports. That's what that's what we said. It's like they have a lot of uh, you know content that we go off of mainly. So it's like oh, we've been sticking with this whole time. I think it's whenever we were bashing him for the wide receiver rankings last year. He hasn't liked us. Something about and and he said it. I mean, he said before the Incarnate Word game that you know I'm not as high on Southern Illinois. He said it before the season even started. So I don't know what the heck he had against us before that. Like I said, maybe something from the past. But Noah, in this, he had us at the last four in the 21st team as we've known in years past. And I honestly just can't wait for selection. If we obviously keep a good road the rest of the way, it's always exciting for uh, Selection Sunday. Because He has us at 21st, like I said, Final Four. He had us right in front of North Dakota. No, that is blasphemy. Having us Final Four after the season we've had so far, yeah, you can take into account the 35-point loss and losing to SEMO at home. That is what it is. But what we've done five straight, we're hopefully can end up with a great conference record this is just where he has us now. It doesn't mean we're, we're going to be at the end of the year. Noah, dive into your, your thoughts and obviously where he has us on here and the matchup he has, and then dive into the one you said that came out today. Yeah, he has us um, on the road at UT Chattanooga, um, which I have seen play this year. Um, I got to see them play at um, Illinois, and they got shut out like 31 nothing. So um, would love that matchup. If you win that, you get to go out to Sacramento State, which – um, I like I like that matchup as well. Obviously, seeing some different teams um, is always good. Um, some way we need to keep winning and get a road game. Um, but the one that came out today, um, another tough one. Um, they have us going on the road at Montana, and if you get through that tough game, you get to go to South Dakota State, which uh, another one I just don't. I mean, if you go by their in-large, I don't know if it's in 
I guess it's in alphabetical order, but it would have us in one of the last four teams in. And having that kind of road is having us as a last four team in, which is just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see where, I mean, if teams would predict it off where they think it's where we could go, it, you could maybe see the North Dakota state loss on our schedule. So I don't, I don't get where some of these people are getting it. Um, but I think we should be start turning to a top eight seed, not saying I say we're a couple wins away from being there, but, um, we're definitely not a last four team in. No, we say it. We want to take it week by week and we don't want to jinx anything, you know, the game tomorrow and then anything the rest of the way we talked about how we can run the table before that final home game against North Dakota state. Imagine, imagine winning out. I mean, just, and we'll, we will be in eight, in eight, a top eight seed, excuse me, you know, at, at that point for sure. And have a home playoff game, which is what we want. Like I said, we're tired of being the last four in, but, that would be a nightmare scenario. Montana and South Dakota State, we know we've talked about it. We'll talk about it again. Maybe at the final one that happens at the end of the year about they'll pit us against maybe South Dakota State in the second round, depending upon what we do the rest of the way. That's why it's important to get that high. You know, teams we don't play in the regular season, they'll put us against them. But you're right. We like that matchup that Sam had us in. So that's where it's like, well, we know we're not going to be at the final, you know, final four team in. But that scenario wouldn't be all that bad, no. With getting Chattanooga, yes, even that's on the road, we would like that matchup. And then Sac State, who a lot of people have second in the country, and they're really obviously the top four. They're really good, but it is we yeah we we want to play new teams. We're tired of playing conference teams. We want to get out along you know amongst other teams in the country and have those matchups. That's what makes it fun. I forgot who it was talking about it. Maybe it was Nick Hill or somebody talking about how that's that's why the FCS is so. I think it was Sam on a podcast I listened to. That's what's great is you can get so many teams, you know, traveling across the country and playing matchups that they wouldn't have, you know, even thought about. So that's what makes it fun. So that would be a good matchup. Like I said, we don't want to be a Final Four team looking to be a, a top eight and even win this conference, as we know, and we'll dive into, which I guess, Noah, you can dive into now, the weekend games before we dive into ours. And you can start out with that one, unless you have anything else to add, but start out with the one that could – Swing us if we take care of our own business could help us be number one by the end of the weekend. Yeah, there's an interesting one that is South Dakota State on on the road again, back up to North Dakota uh, to play the Fighting Hawks. Um, I think that'll be an interesting game. Um, Fighting Hawks are really good at home. They took care of Missouri State pretty easily at home, so that should be an interesting one. Um, but the news of the week for the Jack Rapids, they get the their number one guy back in Tucker Crafts, so. Be interesting to see how he comes back off that injury. Um, so that's an interesting one. Missouri State goes on the road to northern Iowa. Um, that'll be an interesting one, I think, see how that one turns out. Uh, Youngstown on the road at Western Illinois. And Illinois State goes to Indiana State. So uh, North Dakota State with a bye this week. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, then I think there's a couple around the – Around the FCS, there's a couple that already kicked off tonight. One on ESPNU, if anybody wants to tune in for a little Ivy League football. Princeton's on the road at Harvard, 5-0 Princeton, 4-1 Harvard, um, battling for the Ivy League title. Um, just some others. I mentioned UT, Mar UT Martin's on the road at Tennessee this week. Tennessee coming off that win over at your Alabama Crimson Tide. CL. See if there's any hangover effects against a team like uh, UT Martin. I doubt it because that offense is pretty crazy. Um, 
Sacred Heart plays Merrimack. That's a that's a good one. Um, Rhode Island and Monmouth battle it out. A top twenty five matchup and a lawn at New Hampshire. That could be a really good one to tune into. Uh, top ten matchup, I believe Mercer at Chattanooga. So that could move the rankings a little bit. Loser that. If we take care of business, we could move up maybe um, a little bit. Um, SEMO plays Northwestern State, so expect SEMO to continue. Uh, the other big one, I believe, it is Weber State against Montana State this weekend. Um, a battle of top ten teams um, should be very interesting there. Yeah, a lot of great games. Montana at Sacramento State is a great one. I mean, there's a lot of great – that conference and just in general is amazing. A lot of great games this week. And that's what we said the South Dakota State and North Dakota State should have had. They were ESPN Plus, and you had – what was the other bad game? That was ESPN 3 or whatever. That was insane. But, yeah, I mean, Lindenwood, which that just reminds me because I I did look, and he hasn't announced it yet, Alan Middleton's decision. Lindenwood seemed to be the favorite. You mentioned Charles. Okay, yeah, and and I figured you would have broken by now. Uh, And then so they host Murray, so that's an interesting matchup. and then, yeah, I mean, Illinois State at Indiana State. Indiana State's a good home team, so that's that'll be a test for Illinois State. That could shift the middle of the road. Uh, the biggest one, though, is North Dakota, who's an incredible home team, gets South Dakota State. That will be – that could obviously – like I said, we take care of – so a lot of Dakota's at battle, and we – so a lot of us will be up in, this, in the Dakota States <clears throat> playing this weekend. But right next to them, yeah, a lot of Montana State's or a lot of Montana schools playing as well. Great matchups this week. Missouri State at UNI is a good one. See how Missouri State, if they can win out, they still won't be a playoff team. A lot of interesting Youngstown at Western. So, yeah, it'll be fun to recap all those games as time goes on or early next week. Noah, now quickly, uh, or I had I was mentioning uh, Nick on In the Doghouse. There's some things that he, he mentioned his decision-making, and that's the biggest thing that we've – been talking about that even coach Rowan who we'll get to in a second with an interview some things from that he said that coach Rowan's helped him uh, with his footwork he said he you know even Rowan said that told him that he didn't have the best footwork and obviously his decision making is being a big factor we literally said that at the beginning of the year and that's been the case throughout here Nick's thinking he's done a really good job at that and then he gave a shout out of a Duke Torre I think he said that ever since he's been in the lineup we've won we've won five straight he gave shout outs to him because they always ask everybody every week about you know, who's somebody, like I said, that, you know, no one's really paying attention to. And he did say Sean says he doesn't play like a freshman, as I said earlier. So Abdu and Sean, like I said, his decision making's gotten better. So Noah, like I said, interviews, Dewey, he ended for sure on an interesting, interesting comment that he made. But Noah, uh, Mike True was talking to him about his road to SIU and, uh, you know, why it wasn't working for him at uh, the Citadel. Dive into that a little bit. And like I said, he, he had an interesting comment at the end, which is something that, you know, he's producing like it. And it's, you know, he's putting a lot of, you know, high expectations on himself. Yeah. It's um, talked about is how he got into a little bit of trouble down there um, and was able to uh, enter the portal. He entered the portal in like January, I think. And uh, I think he said Coach Hill was one of the first one. Um, to reach out to him and uh, he sent him some at, I guess Coach Hill asked for some tape 
sent him the tapes, and I guess Coach Hill eventually said, what do you need to get here? And he basically he told him, and it, that was it. I mean, he got to come to – he was enrolled, I think, in the middle of spring semester in, like, March, I think. So that's a weird time to enroll, but um, got him here. Um, then, yeah, he talked about the season and where he's been working at. And, yeah, the, the thing you mentioned toward the end of the in, interview, he said if he keeps putting in the work and where he wants to be, um, that he could be one of the top uh, defense linemen in the FCS. Yeah, it's just, you know, he mentioned being behind the six-year guys. And it, he knew that he was good enough and he didn't want to, you know, but he sat behind Anthony and Jordan and learned a lot. So he definitely, uh, you know, you know, you know, follow those guys. And he's, he's like I said, it's production. He, if he got the snaps, we talk about snap count. If he got the right snaps, he'd be probably leading the FCS in sacks. He, he wouldn't be lying about his production and what he can be. So, well, hold on, um, hold on, hold on. We have a commitment right here, right now, live on our podcast from Allen Middleton, three star receiver from Mascuta High School, number five wide receiver in Illinois. Um, had, had some interest from Mizzou, Illinois but really broke it down um, to Lindenwood, Air Force, uh, some other schools and us. But um, he will be taking his talents, staying in his home state, and coming to the Salukis next year. So big-time wide receiver committed to add to Cam White. We know um, me and you, uh, you and I have talked off-air um, about next year. The Cox Twins probably gone or going to be gone, who's going to be stepping up, but adding another receiver um, to add behind the young guys already in this already in this system and along with Cam White, that's huge. Beyond huge. And shout-out to Mark Watson. He's unbelievable with his skill position and getting these guys. Him and Cam will shred on this team when the time comes. Yeah, we mentioned two years for these guys compared to what we need in the now – we're getting that done. Next year is going to be a question mark. But after that, and heck, we know, you know, if true freshmen play, maybe not receiver, but we're thinking that's how good Al Milton is. Yeah, we've been waiting a Twitter post, hadn't done it, and then real real, real fast, yeah, we just hear, you know, getting on his Instagram, and he had a, you know, a video, a two-minute video. Maybe he's struggling to put that on Twitter. He'll have an announcement here soon on there, big time. And as we've said, Lindenwood seemed like the favorite. He was retweeting them all. You mentioned how Charles – you know, quoted his, maybe he hadn't got the chance to retweet it. You know, it's a busy day for him and such. So incredible gets. We've been talking about him forever. I'm so glad it came to fruition. We've been talking about him for months saying, oh, you know, he's waiting until October to commit. And now it's already here. And the fact that we get him just he big did, time. Yeah, he did just tweet. Okay. He tweets. So we will get that retweet out. Tweeted. Um, yeah, it was weird that you, we mentioned we thought Lindenwood. He was retweeting guys, commenting. Um, and it's last- close to home. Yeah, retweeting last night that one of the guys, uh, DB for Lindenwood, said, you know where home is, and he retweeted that. But uh, Logan Minton said, come home last night, and he didn't even comp- didn't even look at that one. So uh, then Charles Young said it um, earlier. So staying home, that's big time. Big time get. Um, I believe it's senior night for them, just to update you guys real quick. Um I'll see who they play really quickly off the top of my head. Um, but senior night for him, I know there were a couple of his teammates. Uh, we were, in, I think we had interest in, I think one receipt is other, um, a really good receiver they have is going to Mascuda. He's one of the also 
the area, one of the area's top players. Senior night against uh, Carbondale, so that's an easy win for Mascuda on senior night. Yeah, exactly. We know we've talked about how, you know, they're similar to Marion in terms of location. So, like, yeah, he's close to home. We, we talked about the ones he narrowed it down to about 80, you know, 90 percent of them were closer to home. And, you're, yeah, we did expect it to be Lindenwood. This came as a shock. He will dominate. Looking forward to seeing that stat sheet as time goes on. Just amazing. And, yeah, he posted the video on Twitter. Yeah, we were the first retweets on it. Not surprised. We will be on that, like, rad on a Cheeto, like how we know one of our teammates say it. And if you watch the video, our logo is the last one. So you even know us right away, if you watch it, you know, you can stroll on it. But if you see all these other logos and he hasn't posted us yet, I think that was a good sign in general. So we will build a tweet for Alan as this goes on. Humongous, humongous get. Like I said, been waiting a long time. Glad it came to fruition. We want to talk about Blake Rowland's interview because it was just about, you know, Nick's improvement, the offense's improvement of what he's done. He kind of goes, you know, uh, you know, untalked about because he's in the booth. He's the OC and quarterbacks coach. Like I said, Nick trusts him a lot. Nick Baker does and Nick Hill does. So Blake does an amazing job. There's some things on there, but we will we want to get to posting about Allen. So, no, let's let's dive in here to end this thing. A preview of our game tomorrow, because we do have a game tomorrow. A game that we want to now show our new commit and everyone else that we, you know, continue on this hot streak and beating a team we should beat. It will be tough. Talked about how South Dakota, you know, parted ways with their offensive coordinator and their quarterbacks coach. And I think you said on the or you said on a sneak peek that they, you know, they're they're having a guy fill in and they might be just fine about that. It was like a mutual thing. But no, a dive into South Dakota. Big game tomorrow. We've talked about trap game, but South Dakota is good enough to not put it in that way, Noah, because they can run the ball. Let's dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that preseason picked six, um, two spots behind us. Um, they have played the toughest um, schedule in the country in the FCS. FCS um, just preseason-wise, um, they did have – um, offensive lineman Alex Jensen, first team offense in the Missouri Valley, voted there. Um, defensively had linebacker Brock um, Jensen, who's second second in tackles for their team um, with 54, I believe. Um, he's a really good linebacker you have to watch out for. Um, then they did have all-purpose first team special teams and Carter Bell, uh, one of their wide receivers who was picked on second team offense all preseason. Um, Valley. Then they had defensive lineman Nick Guys, uh, second team defense, um, along with um, their long snapper um, picked for uh, first team special teams as well. So um, they had some preseason hype, um, but like we mentioned a, a lot, that this is a team um, played a tough schedule. I think this is one of the better defenses that we'll see, I still think, and one of the most physical offensive linemen or one of the, one of the most physical offensive lines that we've seen outside of the the Dakotas because uh, Dewey Green alluded to that a little bit in his interview. Um, so they're trying to snap a three-game skid. Um, they've held their own defensively, though, like I mentioned, one of the better defenses we've seen. Linebackers Brock Majinson. And Stephen Hillis, while cornerbacker Miles Harden, um, still leads the nation while forcing six uh, with forced uh, six turnovers this year. So um, their defense is pretty good. Um, 
it is uh, Dakota Days. I think it's what's what they call homecoming up there. First time we've ever been up there for homecoming. Um, but in this matchup, the road team has won both games in the series. Um, so this tough defense, um, Stephen Hillis, linebacker, ranks 10th nationally in tackles. Um, so um, this is a tough game. They have a really good defense, like I mentioned. I'm just looking at some of their defensive total stats. Um, Stephen Hillis, like I said, 60 tackles on the year, six and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. Right behind him is his guy, Brock Majinson, um, then Miles Harden right behind those guys. Those are three guys named that's going to be flying on that defense. Um, really interesting to watch there. Um, but offensively, hasn't been very good um, for South Dakota this year. They're only putting up 12.5 points a game. They're allowing 25.5, so um, they're allowing double what they're scoring. Uh, so this is a big game. We've got to take care of business. We went up there last year in the playoffs. We know what to expect, the routine of flying up there and going through a game day routine on the road at South Dakota. So um, this one kind of could feel a little – little off for some people, maybe think this could be your trap game. Um, it could be, but um, hopefully we can take care of business here. Yeah, I know. And you mentioned the game we had last year against them, that it came, we, we won 22 to 10. So as we said, yeah, that, you know, Nick said that there's some familiarity with a lot of the players. Remember, it's funny because we recall Dorian Davis, who's now at Townsend, uh, had a big fumble forced fumble in that game that kind of ended them in that game. But, you know, Camp, he's, he's like I said, he's got more picks and touchdowns this year. It's been a, a, you know, a product of a lot of weirdness. You know, we talked about how they have a huge – and do that's what Dewey also said in his interview about they have a huge offensive line. Uh, what are they got? Six, seven at left tackle, six, eight, Noah, on the guard position. What was the rest of that? And they have some huge backups too. Yeah, they have some really – Really big backups, like you said, they're six seven at left tackle, six eight, six five at center, six six at right guard, and six six at right tackle. So really huge physical. They want to start. They're going to try to run the football. Um, last year we saw more of a a passing team with Carson Camp, um, who hasn't been really efficient passing this year. Um, he's only completing fifty six percent of his passes. Um, only four touchdowns. He's thrown more picks and touchdowns this year. Um, only thrown for 890 yards so far. Um, but Travis Thice or Travis Tice um, is going to be the guy to watch out for on the ground. He only has 452 rushing yards this year. Um, they've struggled mightily, but it's going to be interesting with this offense where they're struggling. I mean, their leading receiver has 172 yards on this year, so. Um, they've struggled to move the ball. Obviously, they played the toughest. I mean, they set themselves up at Kansas State, at Montana, and I think their first three Valley Valley games were um, South Dakota State, uh, if I remember here correctly. Let me. Yeah, they opened at Kansas State. They got shut out. Glad we didn't do that. Yeah. And then yeah, they played Montana Montana the next. Then they got their only win against Cal Poly at home. Then they opened up Valley play at home against North Dakota State. Then they had to go at South Dakota State. The next last week they went to at Illinois State, which is a 
kind of a tough place to play. Then they get to face us. The next week they go at Youngstown. Then they get to host Missouri State. Then at North Dakota. Then they get to host you and I to finish the year. I mean, that's just an unreal schedule. They have a good. This is a good football team, but no. I mean, if we we'd be one and five with that schedule, if we're being honest, maybe two, two and four. We get to win in Illinois State, and we win at home against Cal Poly. Yeah, we talked about the start of the year. It's like, you know, they were a playoff team. They're almost digging their own grave. And we know Kansas State's great team this year, and it was that way to start the year. That's a fine game. We talked about how, yeah, they had the number one toughest strength of schedule in the FCS. At Montana, that almost seems like an impossible place to win. It seems like all those northern great teams are impossible to beat on the road. You're right. We would have struggled easily with this schedule. I mean, they got hosted North Dakota State like we're going to do, but South Dakota State's a different animal. Like I said, we're thankful we haven't played them this year. And you're right. At normal, it's a tough game. They only scored 10 points. They're barely scoring in these games. Yeah, the most points they scored was against Cal Poly in that win. It was 17 otherwise against North Dakota State. I think they were giving them some fits in that game before it got out of hand. But yeah, and, and I think they're being another Northern State, they're a good home team as well. So yeah, we, we can't be too – that's us talking of we as in the team, but I don't think the team would go in there. We noticed earlier they posted how they were already, you know, on the flight and off the flight in Sioux Falls ready to go. So, you know, they're there prepping, ready to go. And I mentioned the run game, that Camp had a 75-yard run this season. He's got 51 for 46, but that 75 obviously kept it – on one run from being in the negatives all year, like we know a lot of QBs are. He's been sacked 23 times. Uh, So, again, and we talked about the offensive line. It's going to be pivotal to get to him, not only to run the ball, they're going to find holes with those monsters, but Camp can run as well. So another QB that we got to keep our eyes on this year, which, you know, I'd say most of – we've talked about SEMO didn't really have that. They're a great aerial attack, but most teams we're going to play have a running quarterback. We talked about Shelly. We kept him at bay made him throw, and we know how, you know, the game that that was. And you're right, they have uh, Hillis. We'll hear his name a lot. It's an overall really, you know, yeah, they dug their own grave. Any team, yeah, would have had that record or little, maybe a little better against the teams that they've played. So it's like you don't want to schedule, you know, so many great teams, but you also don't want to have a, you know, a, a lowly schedule. You want to be in between. They almost went overboard on theirs, but, but I respect it. And they, you know, thought they could compete with it and it hasn't worked out for them this year. So obviously it's a game we, you know, we need to win if we want to keep on our goals and our trajectory being on this winning streak. Like I said, tough place to play. It will be a tough game, Noah. <clears throat> Let's quickly, cause we, what, what do we predict? We predicted around 20, maybe I think you, or you predicted around 25 for Western you got really close. Like I said, we barely covered in that game. What do you think it'll be in this one on the road? Thinking we'll still be favorites. Give a number and then start off with maybe who your dog of the game could be. Yeah, I really think on the road here, um, them being a decent home team, um, hopefully um, it'll be somewhere. I'm just trying to think here of where it could be. Um, I'm just looking back here. I'd say 10 – 10 the, to 15 or on the road. That's it, too high on the road at, or at home against when they hosted North Dakota state at the time, North Dakota state ended up being a 16 and a half. So I'd set ours around 10, 10 and a half, nine and a half in that range, somewhere around there. Um, then dog of the game starting on offense. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, 
this is a tough one. I'm going to go with – I'm going to say Jacob Garrett. I think if without Ty, someone needs to step up in that tight end role. I know he's been banged up ever since at Illinois State uh, going down like that. So I'm going to say someone stepping up in that tight end role. Obviously, I could have said Remington, but haven't seen anything from him. Um, but I'm going to say Jacob Garrett has one of the Jacob Garrett games we've seen this year. I think that's probably the best pick we can have because you alluded to it. No Tice. And we talked about he's going to miss this game. Not sure. Moving forward, hopefully it's not too bad. Somebody does have to step. We talked about, yeah, Aiden Quinn. Be nice to see him. John Vollmer, we've talked about. He's got a, he's got a football body. Be nice to have him in there. But I, I love that Jacob pick and that maybe who I would have gone with. I'll go with I'll go with uh Romir because if we still don't have Justin, we know Javon's gonna be himself to pick him every week and we have Sean. I'll go with Romir if we can continue to run the ball. They have an active linebacker, they got a decent defense, as you've said. I'll go with, you know, establishing the run to then open up the passing because I think our receivers will have nice games in this one. We talked about Bryce how good of a game he had last week and how good he's been so far. He's great on money downs, getting him. He averages like 12 yards a catch. So he's proved pivotal. He's going to be active getting us downfield in this game. I love your pick. I'll go with uh, Rowe. And then on defense, it's important. You know, I feel like you got we got to take a defensive lineman because of their huge O-line and their ability to run the ball, Noah. I'll go with uh, Bowdry. We've talked about – couldn't go wrong with him or uh, – Keenan I'll, I'll go with Cam uh, obviously yeah you know getting to the and keeping this run and this is the thing we talked about and I saw a stat we're still ninth in the country in yards allowed that's ninth in the FCS and we're first all time at our school it's an important game to continue to stop the run can't get past that first level if they do we have linebackers we trust Noah yeah they're going to be a run team I'm going with Boundary who are you thinking yeah I'm going to go um with this offensive line, a bigger offensive bigger offensive line. I'm gonna say Richie Haggerty coming off that edge, um, faster guy off that edge, speed rusher, to be able to get to Carson Camp and to affect a little bit of that passing game that they use. Um, but also uh Carson Camp can use his legs, so to keep that edge against him, I'm gonna go Richie Haggerty. I don't think we could go wrong with any of them. Dewey's gonna make an impact in this game. He, he also mentioned he's why his production's been this way because he loves the second effort, and that's like the biggest thing as an edge rusher. You can see a lot of that in this game. You can go, like I said, can't go wrong with any defensive lineman in this game. That's where we should look. And then uh, in the special teams, Noah, we talked about it because I'm just looking at the depth chart. We always go through it. Not a lot of changes. Jacob has been at the fullback tight, and he's still ahead of Tice. Tice is still on there. Still ahead of Remington. The only change, Noah, is Thomas Burks at kick, uh, or at kicker. Replacing Jake, the only change. Uh, we are going to be inside in this game. Kicking could be pivotal. We talked about how it can swing a game. Torney didn't have to punt a whole lot, I think, once last week. No, he should be able to not have any wins. It can be in your favor. It cannot be in a dome. you got to be able to boot it. No, if we do punt, I can see us doing it against a good defense. Torney's got to flip the field just to make sure there's no risk in this game. We take care of business. I'll go with Torney to flip. Who you got? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna go with our all-purpose all-American on this one with Javon. I think I think he eventually he's gonna break one eventually one of these days. So hopefully field position this game. You went with the Torney to flip flip field position. I'm gonna take Javon on those punts. I don't know how he catches him above his head. I think that's also just me thinking of that. 
I think somebody, I think Mike Reese asked Nick Hill on Monday if he likes him doing that. He he, he said no, but um, as long as he's catching them, he doesn't care. Ryan, it's funny because we talked about earlier, South Dakota had a wide receiver in the portal uh, that we were in on, and he was a really good punt returner, kick returner. You said he's – you'll you can what's his name? I was going to ask what his name was. Um, I forgot off the top of my head. Is, I think his last name Chase or something or something like that. But we were in on him because he would have been pivotal to add. Yeah, he's in Illinois, barely getting touches. But that's why like we can have a guy like him. But we have do have Javon. So it is what it is. An important game. Looking for our our first six-game winning streak since 09 when the team won 11 straight. Looking for our biggest since then. We know how important. That was the last great year we really had up until, honestly, halfway through Nick Hill's uh, era here. So it's been a while looking to continue with these good years of Saluki football. Noah, final thoughts? Yeah, this is a big opportunity. Um got to take advantage on the road like you said we take advantage maybe we get help from north dakota at while they're at home hosting south dakota state and we can take the outright lead in the valley obviously us not being able to play the jackrabbits this year um if both went out that's a tie so there's no way to make that tiebreaker um not sure how they do that with the committee committee if it ended that way um, with the automatic bid, but both teams would be in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I think I read where um, they might have never lost on homecoming up there. So um, this is a big one. Um, maybe we can change some history um, there in that game. It's Dakota days for them. So um, just got to take it one game at a time here. Got to take care. Got to take care of business here because this is a big one. Um, to be able to get to that next week at home game before our bye. So um, just like last year in the playoffs, take care of business on the road in Vermilion. Yeah, and maybe we'll get the respect we deserve if we keep winning on the road. Um, and, yeah, just keeping the trajectory that we have and the goals that we have up until that game and before – because that bye will come ever so important before that huge game. So, honestly, it's, it's all on our hands to this point. You can't have any mess-ups. We're in, a, we're in a position that if you keep it closed, if you do lose, you're fine. But it's it's still a game that you don't need to drop because of the season that they've had because they will look at us as, oh, they're the one and five South Dakota team that it's obviously you don't want to drop a game like that. And, yeah, the last two times we've even played them have been at the Dakota Dome. It says in 2019 we rushed for 334 and one by 20, averaged seven yards a carry. be nice to do that again in the run game because that's how hard our run game has been. Uh so they haven't been to Carbonell in a while. So we keep going there. It's kind of like how North Dakota State keeps coming to us outside of that uh, playoff game. Yeah, an important game, 2 o'clock ESPN+. Plus. We will be scoreboard watching because that North Dakota-South Dakota State game is massive for implications-wise. Yeah, it's just, like I said, they're on and off the plane, ready to go tomorrow at 2 o'clock. That's where the games have been all year. Excited. That's a nice window for the games all weekend. Just stay, just stay the course, stay the trajectory, and we will be looking pretty as time goes on, looking to, to redo what we did in the playoffs and just a victory overall, make some plays, and do our thing. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next week, as always, go dogs.